Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 185. On this show, I've got an awesome conversation with Damien of The Requiem. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with this band, you need to get familiar with them. Um, really enjoying the stuff that they're putting out, especially this newer stuff that they're working on. And yeah, had a great time talking with Damien about all kinds of stuff. We talked about kind of how he got his start and starting the, the Requiem and this project. Um, the insanity that is the Florida music scene. We talked a lot about the genre mold-breaking artists like Bring Me the Horizon. Um, obviously, we talked about the Requiem's new music and uh, their new album on the way. We also talked about signing with Fearless Records and a lot more. I mean, it's just such a, a really good conversation to introduce you guys to who the Requiem is. And um, huge shout out to Damien for having this conversation with me. So let's do it. Let's dive in. This is my conversation with Damien of the Requiem. Uh, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every single time. Simple introduction, man. Who are you? And just a little background on yourself. Um, Damien, I sing and write for the Requiem. Um, I've been in music for around five years now, I would say, like really trying to make it happen. Um, before that, I've, I've always loved music, but um, I never really thought I could do it because I, I don't know how to write music. I mean, I don't know how to read music and um, right. I didn't really have, you know, like a natural talent to play an instrument. So uh, but uh, I've always been around music, and uh, it's like, yeah, like the one consistent thing in my life that I always like find myself drawn to. Yeah, awesome. And it, it's cool to hear that because I think that is one of the very discouraging points for a lot of people is when they don't know how to read music mm -hmm. or they're not, you know, classically trained or whatever, even in an alternative music space or a metal space or whatever, like. I think people get hung up on that, that like, well, I don't, yeah. I don't know how to read it or whatever. And it's mm -hmm. like, cool. There's other ways to, to do it, whether it's, you know, tabbing out guitar or if you're not, you know, inclined enough to be able to play an instrument or naturally talented enough to play an instrument, vocals are always a thing, you know? And yeah. If you feel like you can't sing, first off, there's some some people that do not have clean vocals at all. So don't <laughs> yeah. be afraid of that. But, but number two is like, you know, music is just expression, right? And exactly. everybody needs help expressing. So whether it's songwriting or whatever, there's definitely space to, to be involved in this. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So for you kind of, as you were growing up and whatnot, when was that you said, you know, about five years ago is when it like really became a focus that this is something that you were going to pursue, but like, was there a light bulb moment for you growing up where it was like, I think music is the path I want to take? For sure. I mean, there, there was definitely a couple like moments that, that felt like that, but um, I think uh, because my dad was in music, he was a, a promoter and, and manager in, in my um, country. I was always around musicians and I was always like just seeing how they lived and like, seeing how they were like very i don't know even though they were adults they were like always having fun and they didn't seem like they had boring yeah. lifestyle so that i think that was the first thing that I always like was like oh man that, that'd be so cool to just do that uh and then 
I think another moment that was very key for me was uh, I saw Muse open mm-hmm. for U2 and the 360 tour back in like 20, I mean, 2008, I think, 2009. Yeah, right around. And yeah, yeah they, they were playing Nights of Sidonia and that shit was like, oh man, I don't know. It was like 300,000 people screaming the lyrics and I was like, that's something I would really love doing. Yeah. See, and that that's something I love too, is hearing, you know, when an artist comes from a different uh, genre or soundscape, and then they mm-hmm. mention, you know, like Muse is one of those bands. I don't care who you are, if you're involved in music at all, like Muse is one of those bands oh, everybody yeah. can look at and appreciate because like, they're so good. They've got so much technical talent. The lyrics mm-hmm. are incredible. Like yeah. they're showmen, like they just don't fucking miss. So yeah. whether you're you're a heavy fan or not, like, and Muse is not, you know, heavy by by that stretch, you know. So it's like to see like someone in your kind of uh, soundscape, if you will, acknowledging that, yeah, I still get something out of this quote unquote lighter side of the music. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I've always been very open to to softer styles of music because my dad wasn't. So I was like, you know how usually parents are into very conservative music. So the yeah. kids are into really heavy music. For me, it was the opposite. My dad was like working with bands that were like new metal and agro metal. So they all sounded like Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. kind of like corn and shit like that. So for me, it was more so like finding music that was softer and like indie that was like, oh, this is really good. Right? Like, you know, that was like my thing that I found on my own. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, Muse was definitely one of those bands. Yeah, that's that's really funny because mine was kind of similar. Like my dad was very much the classic yeah. rock guy, right? Like <laughs> it was all Metallica and, yeah. and Led Zeppelin and all that. And I went into the the punk and pop punk realm of like Green Day and checking out the Ramones <laughs> and all this shit. It's yeah. like that's not even close to what dad listens to, man. <laughs> I think it's it's cool because it's like this subconscious, like it's a really easy way to rebel against your parents without like being an asshole about it. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, for sure. And, and like, eventually you can turn them too. Cause like, you know, my dad would never listen to anything softer uh, back in the day, but now he listens to everything too. Kind of like I've put him on so much music. Yeah. Awesome. Um, talk about that a little bit. You know, you mentioned growing up around all these you know, rock stars, if you will, and mm-hmm. seeing that lifestyle, how do you think that influenced kind of your your mentality with um, the viability within the music industry? You know, like recognizing that it is possible to make a living at this. Well, I really didn't. I'm not going to lie because <laughs> where I'm from, bands don't really make it. You know, it's just always a hobby. Even when you are living off of it, you're not living well off of it. So right. Um, when we moved to America, it was really... Like, I still didn't have that, you know, security or confidence in that I could actually do it for a living. Yeah. But um, I didn't do well in school. Ultimately, I ended up dropping out like sophomore year. And then it really seemed at the time like there was nothing else for me to do. So I just wanted to try the one thing that I was, I was always like a little scared to try. And then after a couple of years, it just, you know, continued to give more and more fruition and it put me like in front of more and more like-minded people and then I learned you know that in here you can actually make it and if you make it here you make it everywhere else per default so um yeah no I mean I think the viability of music something I've recently come to like be able to see in other people and 
Um, that's wonderful. I think it's awesome. And the, the more people that I've met in the industry, the more I can see that you can really, you know, have a great life through music. Yeah, for sure. Um, so being in a, a more, you know, non-mainstream, uh, type of soundscape genre, I hate putting people in genre boxes too, because nobody fucking okay. fits in one box anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Metal is not metal. Like there's, <laughs> there's 9 million variations on it. So <laughs> fuck it. Uh, but you know, being in a, in a non pop type of soundscape for you, like recognizing that maybe my music won't be played on much radio, things like that. Has that yeah. kind of influenced anything within you as far as your writing, or is it kind of just fueling the fire to some extent that like, we don't live in an age where I have to rely on radio anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the main thing I, I've always sought for music uh, ever since I started taking it seriously was for it to allow me to to just not do anything else and to like, you know, live in peace. And um, I think that it's very doable through through heavy music nowadays because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to rely on radio anymore. That shit's just amazing. I think that um, there's a crowd for everything now and there's um, there's a huge market for like heavy music. Uh, I see these, you know, festivals happening all the time and it's like, I don't know, it's getting bigger and bigger and I, I, I can't wait for it to, I guess, I don't know if come back to the mainstream would be the right word because heavy music was never really that mainstream but i feel like in the early 2000s it really hit a peak with like how bands could get really fucking huge um yeah and uh i think it's slowly coming back i mean through maybe not the best uh artists in the forefront but for sure it's it's you know coming back yeah i and i think you're right i think you know there was a there was a peak in the early 2000s with like mm -hmm. Um, good charlotte man that man got yeah. fucking huge yeah good charlotte fallout one, boy um, fallout boy for the pop punk scene and and things like that but even in the heavier like music or like maybe the quote-unquote darker music you know marilyn manson was really big back then and yeah. you had rob zombie rob zombie making it big again and i think the thing with like the heavier side of music is it's always had like it goes in these cycles where there's a couple artists that make it to be like household names, right? Yeah. Like back in the eighties, Metallica, Ozzy, mm -hmm. Iron Maiden, and then it kind of fell off. And then again, yeah. you know, no, but they always know. open the door for everyone. Like how you mentioned Manson, he definitely opened the door for, for artists like, you know, uh, I would say like Rob Zombie and like fucking like ministry and all the industrial stuff. I mean, yeah. and then for Metallica it was all the Bay area bands, like um, fucking what was uh, Exodus, I think. Yep, Exodus it, yeah. and um, Anthrax back in the day. They weren't from the Bay Area, but like they yeah, they were from New York, right? The same time. Yeah. yeah. So all so, those bands came right after those. So it's like I feel like it's same in, in grunge. You know, fucking uh, mm -hmm. what was that one band? Uh, Chris Cornell's band. Nirvana. No, uh, Soundgarden. Audio Slave, Soundgarden. Yeah. Yeah, Soundgarden, <laughs> pick, pick and then Nirvana came. <laughs> yeah, and then Nirvana, you know, and Pearl Jam and all those bands. It's like. Uh, I feel like all it takes is just one really good band to, to make it big and it opens the door for all the other bands in that type of sound or in that scene. And it just, I feel like it, it makes people's ears, you know, fall more into tune with those styles. And it's really good when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think, you know, 
the most current, um, we don't have to shit talk on anybody. Uh, so we won't name some of them, but like, I think bring me the horizon has been one of those bands that through oh, their great. evolution yeah. of sound, you know, it's, it's incredible the number of doors that they've opened for people yep. because it's yep. every album is something a little different. It's still heavy, but it's not exactly, it's not death metal anymore. It's this, it's not, you know, yeah, the fact uh, that the fact that they partnered with fucking uh, baby metal, like yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was, shit was crazy. Um, oh man, that is like one of the bands that is like probably one of the biggest inspirations for us. I, I feel like as as the way that they approach music more than the sound, because mm-hmm. we don't really sound like them, but the way that they've been approaching music in the last couple of records is like they make sure that every song sounds completely different from the previous one. And that is something I value so much because in most styles of music, when you make an album, you know, you're expected to kind of stay within a realm of a sound or, mm-hmm. or, you know, within a theme. But I love how they can just, you know, make like a roller coaster of an album where it's like one song is super sad and the other song is like super hyped and the other song is electronic. And then the next one is like uh, violence in it. Um, yeah. I feel like that approach is something we've wanted to do since the very beginning. And we've really fully explored in, in this record that's about to come out um we wanted to like make a point of it that like when we were writing the songs we wouldn't put in two songs that sounded the same right after each other yeah and i i think it's cool too because it's getting as the digital age has moved forward i think this is something that that bring me is a great example of like the digital age moved forward and you know streaming became more popular than radio so now people can just pick what song they want to listen to. So now every song 100%, has yeah. to be strong enough to be a single mm-hmm. in a sense, because like, yep. I don't know what's going to work anymore. Yeah. Another reason why I feel like we wanted to do that is because whenever uh, you see bands like Bring Me that are very diverse, drop a song that is not what they usually drop anymore. No one's surprised anymore. Because it's like, oh, right. well, they did that in a previous album, one of the songs. So it's like, you're not uh limited by a style anymore and people don't you know go like oh my god what are they doing like when you drop something that's like coming out of left field um but yeah no that band has grown so much i used to watch their um the lads on tour documentaries Mm -hmm. when i was a kid yeah yeah now they're they're fucking huge yeah they're dope you know and i think it's it's really cool because it does i to tie back into your music i think it opens that door for this new album uh, that's going to be dropping on the 16th of February. And I think it does open that door, like you said, to be able to say like, Hey, it's okay that songs one, two, and three all sound completely different than each other. Yeah. And then maybe the sounds kind of repeat somewhere in the album, but they don't have to anymore. Yeah. It's not, (laughs) we're going to, I'm going to shit on them a little bit because they get, shit on uh it's not a nickelback album right we don't need every <laughs> song to sound the exact same hey man nickelback go hard sometimes though they have some- <laughs> they do they do but they I'm just, you know, like that that first album though like i mean it was okay this is a, a rock album and it was yeah very no, traditional they have a very rock. like solidified style uh but yeah. uh but yeah no, i agree 100 it's just you don't have to make it an album sound very like repetitive uh, i think that it also allows you to like still uh have a concept but it's a little harder because you have to just do the theme you know you could do it with the lyrics right. or you could do it with like the overall like ambience of everything rather than like with the specific approach to each song 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think that's where the, the heavy and alternative um, space is kind of starting to lean into, it feels weird to call them concept albums because it's not, you know, the mm-hmm. old Coheed and Cambria literally telling a story oh, yeah. through their songs. Mm-hmm. But like in the heavy and alternative space, it does seem like a lot of albums are doing this kind of like concept album from a really high point of view where like there's an overarching story throughout, but I'm not going to literally read you chapter by chapter through the songs. You have to piece it together. Mm -hmm. And I I love concept records. I think they're like usually the most inspirational kind uh, within music because it's like multiple forms of art within a record it's not just music at that point yeah. um i mean one of our biggest influences is mike ham and you know they've done it multiple times mm-hmm. and it's always like like how you mentioned like they're not like holding you by the hand through the meaning of each song but if you really like pay attention to how you look at it it's like wow it's a whole story that's written down pretty much yeah and i mean you know we'll use both of them as examples like they're they're the exception to the rule right claudio and and gerard like these fucking masterminds of people like not only are they insanely talented musicians but both of them have created comic book universes and you know my kim literally umbrella academy stuff Uh and it's like holy shit like what is going on um so their level of talent is is unmatched really but again it opens that door that we were talking about earlier too where you know maybe maybe somebody likes the sci-fi thing so they watch umbrella yeah. academy and then they go oh shit like That's this dude has a band yeah. like let's go into that exactly so the doors are just unlimited at this point um let's talk about the new album some man you've dropped some some singles for sure um i personally am really digging i'll be late for my funeral um <laughs> for for a couple of reasons sonically and everything it's it's awesome but that's really funny because I used to say that all the time. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm like super stubborn, chronically late, all that. And I'm like, I, when I die, I'll be late to my own funeral. Yep. It's going to fuck me up. So, mm-hmm. um, But for you, like going through this, this album writing process, what was it like, you know, trying to, to craft this soundscape, like we've been talking about and, and figuring out the, the dynamics between the songs because like you said you don't want to create a record that when people listen to it go okay i heard three songs i know the whole album yeah um i feel like the the connectivity between each the songs was made more so through the lyrics and through the i guess visual content that we've been adding here and there in our music videos Mm -hmm. um but um i think the the majority of the songs are like relating uh, um, death and the idea of like getting closer to to an ending and and to like I guess coming to terms with with mortality and also uh, um, going through the emotions that one feels at that point. You know, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, uh, but in some cases, a lot of like liberation and just like you know whatever type energy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's... So I think. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think that's say, really cool. Oh, that <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool because, like, it's something that whether someone has had a near-death experience or not, like, 
we all know people that have died. So we've all dealt with some of those things. Oh yeah. Sometimes too many, bro. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And, you know, unfortunately from the wrong causes, a lot of times too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, unfortunately not everybody just passes of natural causes when they're 170 years old or anything. So um, for you, you know, pouring this out into an album, um, like from a mental health standpoint too, how do you feel like that's, kind of that release and cathartic experience for you or is it just like a natural thing a hundred percent cathartic yeah especially when um especially when other people talk about them and they they come back to you and they're like yo that song really helped me you know that i think that is the most beautiful feeling any artist could ever have because i think that's a power that usually only art gets to have Mm -hmm. um and it's like it's like a transaction between like, you know, the person that makes the art and the person who views the art and appreciates it. It's like, um, I don't know. It's like a kind of like a, a transaction of energy in in a way, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds very corny, but it's like, um, yeah, no, definitely cathartic. Cause it's, it makes you feel less alone about the things that you're trying to talk about. You know, when someone can say, yo, I've been through the same shit. Yeah, for sure. And I I think, you know, that's, it's funny, because obviously, growing up, none of my family listened to the heavier stuff and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I always got questions from like, aunts, uncles, whatever, like, how can you listen to all this sad stuff or this angry stuff? And I'm like, because it's what I relate to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like I'm going through the same shit. So Mm -hmm. seeing someone else that is talking about it, or, you know, has made it through something like that, now I'm not alone and now I can fight that, you know, whatever that yep. energy is as well. Yeah, no, I think that's the most beautiful thing about music that at the end of the day, just it connects people. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny too, because like again, the the alternative and heavy music scene gets the the bad rap, right? Like, oh, it's scary, it's dangerous, it's whatever. And it's like, go to a metal show and yeah. like if you're fully unaware of what a metal show's like it probably is scary on the surface, but talk to any one of those people and you'll quickly understand like the nice here to have a good time. Everybody's the nicest. They want to hear yeah. your story. Like you're, you're never truly in danger at a metal. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so you've again, dropped a few of the singles. What goes into your thought process as you're, I mean, obviously we'll talk about uh, teaming with fearless records mm-hmm. as well. So that probably plays some of the factor, but what goes into your thought process on like, okay, I know this is going to be a single or, you know, we need to drop these in this order type of thing. I feel like, you know, right away when you are like smiling, like an idiot, when you're writing the song, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, that, that is definitely the single. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a, a feeling we had that um, with a couple songs. Um, me and Felipe, uh, our guitarist, uh, we had that feeling about track six, uh, Cursed. Um, which is one of the upcoming singles that that we have coming out. That song, like literally, like smiling at each other when writing it, because it's like, yeah, like this is ridiculous. This is so fucking good, and it's like, um, yeah, no, you know right away. Um, with other songs, sometimes it's surprising, and I think I like it more when it's surprising than when you know right away, because like when you know right away it's going to be a good song, there's always going to be some other people that feel similar about it. But when it's a song that like 
when you write it you don't initially like and then people fucking love it it's like oh shit like okay I, maybe i gotta listen to it again and see what they're liking about it um so yeah no uh, with fearless we had a kind of a uh a moment like that where they 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 really like this other track that we had that, that we didn't really like and then going back to it now i'm like every time i listen to it, it's like okay i see everything that they pointed out before now yeah well they're they're one of those labels i've said this about everybody that they have on their roster really like they are a label that a is super well established and knows mm -hmm. what they're doing right you know they're not a fly by night by any means um but i think the the crazy thing is like when you really look at their roster whether it's the current active roster or the alumni they've had their hands in virtually every type of music yep so if they i'm not saying they're going to be a hundred percent right every time but if they have a suggestion, it's like, well, fuck, who am I to disagree? Yeah, like, not they've 100%. seen it. <laughs> Especially when, like, the, the team that we've been working with directly is, like, the coolest motherfuckers ever. I love them. Um, and they love what we do, too. So it's, like, it's not only, like, a, a work relationship. They also, like, actually have listened to our music. And, like, so they, they know what we're going for. And, you know, they, they take care of us with, like, their advice and all. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that a ton about them, like that they're one of those labels that we're not just signing people because we think we can make money or whatever. Like we're signing people that we're fans of yeah, and they we know it. that they're going to, you know, be mm -hmm. able to make it where they want to go. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's really cool that again, with that diversity, it also opens the door from a touring aspect, right? Like if, Fearless said tomorrow, hey, you guys are going to go on tour with label mates. God only knows what that fucking tour is going to look like because they have so many options to put you yeah. on the road with. Literally. No, they're, they're a great label. I, I love working with them. And uh, they've been nothing but a blessing since we started, you know, getting in contact with them. Yeah. I think that um, as a kid, I always like, you know, that was that's like one of the holy trinities. You, know, you got Epitaph, Sumerian, and, and Fearless. That's so like... When we started talking with them, I was like so happy. I felt like, you know, completing a goal that I had for like half my life. Yeah. Whether you even realized it was a goal or not, right? Like subconsciously, yeah, it was exactly. a goal that they're going to be someone that I want to work with. Um, yeah. I mean, like, it was like when I was like 12, I was just subscribed to the YouTube to check out every new band <laughs> that would come out. And then like fucking 10 years later, working with them. Yeah. It's crazy. I was just telling somebody that the other day about like, you know, back in the day, aging myself here some i'm 38 years old so like back in the day when mtv really played music videos as well but mm -hmm. the early days of of youtube like that was the thing that a lot of us did was in the lower right hand corner there'd be the fearless records you know yep. logo yep. or epitaph or whatever and it was like oh dope i'm gonna go check out that label and see everybody yep. they've got literally yeah it's it's I think it's a really cool testament to you as well um, to be signed with with Fearless as early into this project as you are right like you've yeah. just now got an album coming out you guys have really only been pushing for the last few years and COVID fucked up part of that anyway yep. so like <laughs> it's it's really cool that like okay I've got eyes on me I've signed with a, a label that believes in me and wants to support me and has the ability to put us in the right position to to really be a force in the industry. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. And and like I said, they're just super down to earth and chill people. So it's like it's like working with like an actual friend more than anything. Yeah. Um, so for people that are curious about the album, we've you know touched on some of the singles and stuff. Uh drops on February 16th. What kind of obviously you'll have all the digital stuff, right? Like the pre-saves mm-hmm. and everything. Is there going to be any sort of like physical release? Are you planning on CDs and vinyls? Any sort of merch along with it? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, we've been working hard on the booklet of the of the record and like the the art that's going to go around the the whole physical disc. We're trying to go for jewel cases because that's the shit we grew up on. So yeah, you know, trying to bring that kind of like whole thing back. Um, and then um, we're doing a lot of like bundles releases with that. Hopefully, it's going to be really cool. Uh, for whenever we tour, I'm hoping we can take out with us a bunch of CDs too. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it's still a little ways away, but what does the, is there any talks of a tour surrounding like the release of the album? And, and yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're planning a couple shows for the release of the album around February. And then we are in talks uh, for touring, I think around April and the months after that. Awesome. Um, for you kind of in your, your area, um, who are some, some bands that you're kind of playing with that idea of, you know, taking out on the road or getting out on the road with, um, just from kind of both sides, right? Like obviously the professional side of the band is a business. So we want to go out Mm -hmm. with big bands to get more eyes, but really more on that, that personal side of like, we're fans of these these guys or these are our friends and other bands that we want to just have a good time with um at the moment there really isn't any because i think not because we wouldn't want to tour with them but but because it wouldn't really make sense because all the really good shit coming out of florida is either super heavy or it's just rap music so it's like you know they don't have anything that kind of correlates with our sound that's a little softer and so it's like um I don't know. I mean, uh, some of the bands that we have talked with to 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 work on on, on playing shows with um, are more so like aesthetically, you know, mm-hmm. relating yeah. to us in a way. So we connect to that. So sometimes they're heavier, you know. So but it's like it still makes sense. But the ones local, I feel like just I don't know, it's a lot of deathcore, really good deathcore. Though. I mean, we got uh, tracheotomy, and uh, we've got. Um, it's a new band, uh, Falling God, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there isn't really many um, like just alternative rock bands around here. So, yeah, but it's weird. Florida has always been that way, right? Like, oh yeah, there's no, we... such a a crazy good music scene down there. But it comes in waves of like, okay, rap's really big right now, so nothing else yeah. is gonna make it. And um, you guys are kind of Florida in general is kind of in this weird spot too, where like in South Florida, like you said, right now, rap and the the really heavy uh, side of it. Central Florida is like the pop punk mega house right now with like Magnolia Park and four. Yeah, well, always, you know, that. since the day to remember, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then the Northern is like, okay, we're, we're Florida Georgia line, right? Like it's all <laughs> this country and, and weird pop shit. Oh man. I like some country. There's that one kid, Zach Bryan. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's some good country, but <laughs> but it's just funny because like it it really does seem like if you were to drive and just have a radio station like on Seek, 
Yeah. <laughs> if it really worked that way, it'd be like country, pop punk, and then just some of the, the gnarliest, heaviest, <laughs> or rap yeah. shit that you could get into. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, in, in South Florida right now, we got uh, this kid, uh, BLP Kosher. He's really fucking good. Um, and, you know, we, we had, obviously, the whole SoundCloud era of, like, Denzel, um, X, Ski, um, even a little pimp, all, all of them. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, no, Flores definitely put out some of the coolest music. Um, but the, I still think the the coolest music that, that Florida's ever put out is the Spooky Kids, but. That's fair. Uh, yeah, That's no, fair. it hasn't been matched yet, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> That's fair, man. And, you know, like, I'm a big A Day to Remember fan, but, like, if you really break down A, a Day to Remember, like, they're, I'm going to get so much shit for this. They're hit or miss, right? Like, one album is really, really yeah. solid, and then they change directions, and it's like, okay, it's still A Day to Remember, but they're just on the outside of what they do. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. almost felt forced sometimes. Well, um, but yeah, that's because, uh, once again, like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, like, when you start out so strong in one specific style, yeah. people are going to be very uncomfortable when you try to do different stuff. So uh, I feel like some, a lot of bands put themselves in that, um, in that place. Uh, but they were, I don't know, they came out so strong at first. Uh, I remember being up to date with pretty much everything they put out back in the day. And then uh, around the time that bad pipes came out, mm-hmm. that's when I kind of yeah. stopped listening, uh, kind of just grew out of that style, I guess. But yeah, they're great. I mean, uh, we were recently, I think, the end of last year or the beginning of this year. I can't remember. Uh, we were working with um, with uh, what's his face, Tom. Tom Denny. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And we had the best time, man. He's the nicest dude ever. Such a legend. And I was I was gonna touch on him too with kind of that Florida mentality, right? Like he was in a pop punk band but he does music production now. He's one of the most like down to earth, but yep. so in touch with like the gangster side. So he does a hundred percent stuff and like, yeah. it's, it's dope how that guy operates. Yeah, he was and I super think, real. Yeah. He's he, I've talked to him once at a show and it was like, you don't feel like you're bothering him. Like he makes it a point to like, everybody's involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lovely guy. Um, I think that uh, there's there's another like sound coming out of 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 this area in in the like early '90s too. I think like bands like Psychon Kick. It's like a weird type of Florida yeah. music. You know? Yeah, I think I've else? heard them before. I don't. I can't place a song <laughs> off the top of my head, but I think I've heard them. They were like that um, softer side of like glam rock, like you know, in the '90s, okay. kind of yeah, like extreme okay. in those bands. Um, I feel like what else was good from here? Um, I mean, obviously Death. Yeah. Um and then Orange Sleeping was Orange from here too? From Orlando, I think. I think they're from Orlando. Um Yellow Card got their start in the Jacksonville area. So... Oh shit, I didn't even know that. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yellow Card was crazy. originally Jacksonville and then they all moved out to, to LA, I think it was. And now they're kind of everywhere. But yeah. Um yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's there's been so many fucking powerhouses come out of Florida, which also, I mean, obviously that technically doesn't matter, right? Like mm. who cares where the fuck you're from? But yeah. 
the track record of Florida is pretty fucking good to say. Yeah, like if you're on glory something, it's going to be looked. Yeah, newfound glory is there as well. I feel like it's just ultimately the the environment. Like when you're in Florida, you're in so many different situations. Every time you go out, you're in front of so many different people from so many different backgrounds. It's a huge melting pot, just like L.A. and New York and some other areas of America. So I think it, it breeds a lot of creativity and it breeds a lot of unique you know input to to, to any type of art yeah i 100 percent agree and i think it's um <coughs> excuse me um i think it's a really cool place right now especially um with some of this resurgence of the the heavy music and it's yeah it's kind of got you know the, again it's got you know the three or four different kind of distinct zones but the cool thing with florida is you guys are fucking accepting of every type of music too so like yeah you can go anywhere and play a show and people are going to show up because there's some fans everywhere down there yeah there's also not that much shit to do here anymore (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) a lot of the clubs and venues have closed so yeah no whenever there's something fun going on everyone shows up yeah well and i think you know even when the clubs and and stuff like that were were still popular or you know not shut down and things like that i think the thing is i've noticed it in like chicago too after a while you get tired of doing the same thing every fucking night so it's like mm-hmm. okay we always go to this bar we always go to this club whatever but there's a show like 3 blocks down why don't we go hit that yeah up? yeah not for yeah. sure and it's it's really cool too because like i mean i'm in an hour north of indianapolis so it doesn't happen as frequently here but like mm-hmm. i can remember you know i shoot shows up in chicago all the time and i remember years ago like literally i went i shot a show for a friend walked back out on the street and like a block down was another venue and i'm like fuck it i'm gonna go see what's on you know <laughs> i didn't know who was playing and i yeah. just went in because like fuck it um and you know you can find some really dope music that way just by yeah being 100%. open to explore yeah no, i mean i feel like uh in the last couple of years we've been losing so many venues here in south florida it's, it's a bit sad but uh thanks to some you know very driven people in the local scene that the scene is still flourishing but um but it, it was cool when we had a lot of venues because it was like how you said you know you'd walk to into one on a random night and it'd be something cool going on inside yeah I think, you know, unfortunately, post-COVID, or, you know, COVID's what caused a lot of it, but yeah. um, I think post-COVID, there's, I think there's a little less drive by people to want to open music venues now because they they saw what happened through that pandemic. So now it's, it's like- Volatile business now, I feel like. Yeah, they're, they're worried that, okay, what's it going to take for- for this one to close or you know yeah. whatever so it gets it gets tough for sure but i think too the the flip side of it is again in the digital world that we're in like listening to a song on spotify or whatever is never going to give you the same feeling or connection that you get seeing it live but the the beauty of it is you can reach literally everyone in the world everyone theoretically. In the world, yeah. So, you know, you, you also get to be able to see, like, thanks to all the analytics and all that, like, oh, shit, you know, maybe we are popping in, in Chicago or wherever. Maybe we should move to L.A. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we can see where the yeah. people are listening to it. So, 
you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because you don't want to run into an issue where I forget the artist that I was talking to. They, they have this one of their top five cities. They were like, cool, this next tour, we're going to make sure we hit all five of the top five. Yeah. And one of their, like, I think it was like their number three city. It was the worst performing ticket sales of Damn. the whole fucking tour. And they're like, oh, man. people want to listen to us there, but they don't want to come see us there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh shit! It was funny you mentioned that Chicago thing because I used to be obsessed with the music coming out of there, or the music that would usually play around there in like yeah. 2015, 2014, like Sworn In and fucking uh, what was the other band? Uh, Barriers, I remember used to play there a lot. Yep, yep. Uh, Barriers. Only, the, the band we had down here that was really representing that type of sound was Adalia. I miss them a lot. Yeah, that band was fucking great. Yeah. Well, and then if if you rewind it even a little further back, I mean, Fallout Boys from Chicago, yep, Rise Against yep. is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, they've they've put out some really fucking killer, and out of all different genres, isn't um, is it Childish Gambino or Tyler the Creator? One of the two, I think, is from the Chicago area as well. Like, it it's dope that there's just that much diversity in their music scene as well. Yeah, to where hundred percent, it doesn't it doesn't lock you into okay we have to make this type of music yeah we said rice against that i got reminded of like one of the songs in the record we have is literally like worshiping rice against (laughs) (laughs) but see that's dope i mean you know paying homage to the bands that open these doors and have yeah the greats man the greats yeah Yeah. and uh, tim is when you look at lyricist, right? Like Tim oh, is one of those dude, people that fucking crazy insane. storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like crying to hero of war when I was 11. I didn't even know what the <laughs> fuck he was talking about. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, if you really want to slow it down, I mean, swing life away is one of those. Yeah. Like if you sit down and listen oh, to that man. song, such a pretty, it song. will fuck you up. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Uh, so as we kind of move towards the end of the episode here, I refuse to sit down and think of better ending questions. So I bought this game called hot takes. Okay. It's just these like <laughs> shitty opinions that we can agree with, disagree with, expand on whatever. But... <laughs> uh, so let's see, let's start with, um, yeah, that's a hot take. Cheese is overrated. Cheese is not overrated, man. What? <laughs> Have you seen those videos coming out of like fucking Napoli or like someplace in Italy where they have like the whole wheel and they yeah. burn it and then they put the spaghetti on it? And uh, cheese is godly. Dude, cheese is unmatched. Like I'm partially lactose intolerant. Like cheese doesn't, <laughs> but like cheese doesn't fuck me up. But like ice cream will, or like if I drink yeah. milk straight, it will. And I'm like, oh, man. you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm going to eat my cheese. Yeah, no, cheese is amazing. <laughs> Oh man, uh, let's see. I I don't think this is a hot take necessarily. You shouldn't hook up on the first date. You shouldn't hook up on the first date. It depends, you know. Sometimes, you know, I feel like if if you really feel a connectivity, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It just Could be a case be, case always basis. be safe. Always be safe. Yeah. That's the only yeah. key. Be smart about it. Um, next one will be birthdays are overrated birthdays are overrated i i think so yeah i i i mean i don't know i feel like as a man the older you grow the the less people show up to your birthdays and you know the more you start realizing hey maybe i should have put so much focus on celebrating one day and maybe i'd be happier if i'm just grateful for every day yeah and I, you know i think 
we'll get a little bit deep there. Like you said, like, especially on the male side, right? That's what we can talk about as males. Yeah. Like, it does feel like the older you get, the less important your birthday becomes. The less anyone gives a shit. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because, like, girls still make a huge deal out of their birthday. And they'll get, you know, 15, 20 friends going out to a fucking bar or wherever. And it's like, I'll I'll get a text, you know, like, hey, man, happy birthday. (laughs) Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll get a TikTok DM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, and then let's use this as the last one for this. Uh, ketchup is better than any other condiment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I had to choose a condiment to take with me to like a fucking deserted island, yeah, no, ketchup would be it. Yeah, I, I think ketchup is like the safe one, right? Like yeah. ketchup you can use pretty easily on a lot of things. Like, there's people that mustard is their thing, or you know, relish or whatever, and it's like, yeah, on a hot dog. But like, yeah. outside of a hot dog, when have you ever eaten relish? You yeah. don't. <laughs> hot sauce is always good with everything. Hot too. sauce is solid too. Yeah, yeah. but then you okay. have to like, what type of hot sauce are you going for? Yeah. Like a, do I want something that's just got the good flavor and a little bit of heat, or do I want to just like burn my mouth every fucking time <laughs> I go to eat. Yeah, but our ketchup is superior. I feel like they, they need to bring back the the Shrek ketchup. There was a yeah, a little, there was a version of ketchup that was green as the Shrek ketchup. That shit was yep. crazy, bro. I'm I'm old enough to remember before the Shrek ketchup. I forget. I think it was Heinz that did it. There was a purple ketchup. And yes, yes, it people. was Heinz. Yeah, the Heinz did the the, <laughs> the Shrek ketchup too. Yeah, yeah. Heinz was innovative, man. They need to, they need to bring that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's nuts, but um, yeah, I think I think it's ketchup is by far the safe safest condiment. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, you can put it on so many different things. It doesn't fuck up the flavor if you don't, you know, in moderation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Uh, so kind of the the traditional outro that I give everybody is the last few minutes. Take all the time you need. I'll obviously link all your socials and stuff but tell people where they can find you you know best way to interact with you what you want them to you know pre-save things like that okay well uh once again um damien from the requiem you can find us on instagram at the requiem band uh you can find us on twitter um tiktok um we have a discord too if you're in our instagram we usually post it and you know accept people that want to join um and our Instagram is also our link tree with every other social that we have. Um, and that's about it. Awesome. Um, so again, the album's dropping February 16th via yes. Fearless. Uh, you guys are, is the pre-save up now or is it? Yes, it uh, is on the link tree okay. uh, yep. on Instagram. Yep. So people can jump over and, and you know, pre-save it. Uh, I tell people all the time that stuff helps tremendously because mm-hmm. It's all the free shit that helps, you know, drive the business. So it really does. um, Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the album. I'm probably going to hit Shane up and uh, see if I can't sneak me a copy. uh, Do a do a album review for you and things like that. Thanks so much. You know, from yeah, for sure. And from what I've heard, like I was saying earlier, like I really think you guys are put in this position where the sound is is unique and yet somehow still familiar so like people are going to be able to easily latch onto it and be like oh this feels you know like what i'm used to 
but it's mm -hmm. totally new stuff. And I think that's really cool. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, man. And thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bye. Awesome. See ya. And that was my conversation with Damien of the Requiem. Again, huge shout out to him for taking the time to have that conversation. Uh, really hope you guys dive into their music because, again, it, it is this really cool project. It's this really, I think, it's a fairly unique thing where, you know, they're doing this really incredible job of creating a sonic space that feels nostalgic or familiar to some extent, but also is vibrant and new. And it's just this really, really cool mashup that, that Damien and, and the guys have been able to kind of form. So, uh, as always, I'll have the socials linked in the description of the podcast. So be sure you jump over, give them a like, share, subscribe, follow all that fun shit. Um, and yeah, just let them know that you enjoyed the conversation or, uh, you know, that, that you're checking out the music because of the podcast, uh, that sort of stuff goes a long way. So, um, other than that, I do have some new merch items up in the shop. So if you go to, you make the scene.com slash shop, uh, you can check those out. We have all sorts of stuff, some like water bottles, tumblers, um, obviously shirts and stuff, uh, fucking little rubberized cases for your airpods mouse pads the whole nine yards so uh go check that stuff out that'd be super dope uh i am working on getting some more shirt designs and stuff put together uh i've said that a lot lately and i know that guys but you would not believe how incredibly difficult it is sometimes to link up vision with the right designer and stuff like that. So I just want to make sure that it's, it's right before we put it out. So, um, other than that, as always, if you could like, share, subscribe and follow the podcast, that'd be huge. Uh, those things all affect the analytics and the back end, so that I can pitch the podcast to different artists and PR teams. Um, so the better those numbers look, the more likely I am to have those conversations and be able to to give them to you guys so um yeah other than that guys as always remember take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene